five in three, two, one. Hello and welcome everyone to the No Outlet Podcast. And once again, folks, we have a first. Uh, I am very excited to say that tonight we have a guest host uh, joining us who's got a great concept that we're going to be kicking off live here. So without further ado, I'm going to let uh, the mastermind behind this idea explain it all. Please welcome to the show, Judd Marcello. Judd, the floor is yours, my friend. The audience is waiting. What a a warm welcome. Okay, Ethan, thanks for having me back. I really enjoyed my first go uh, on the podcast. We had a lot of fun. We did some reminiscing. Yes. Talked about some, talked about some, uh, uh, some, you know, just top of mind, uh, topics and and uh, it was really cool man i really appreciated it and it got me thinking we we have more to talk about like we have a lot we have a lot that we can discuss we are very opinionated people i agree um we're like we're like-minded in some regard and um i think that uh man you know what in a world of where everybody's got a point of view i think ours uh i think ours is is um is relevant. I, I think we've got something to say, man. It's time to say it. I am so with you. I would say more than relevant. I would say important. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is important. We are you very, and I. very okay. important. So, you know, uh, after the last podcast, it really got me thinking about a couple things. Okay. Right? And I'll, I'll get to the point in a second. But yeah. I was like, wow, I had a lot of fun doing that with Ethan. And, you know, I, I asked you, I was like, hey, why are you doing this? You know, and... You know, you had said to me, hey, I, I was like, what does no outlet mean? And, you know, I'll summarize our conversation. It was like, hey, I'm looking, I'm looking to be creative. I'm looking to do something that feels inspiring, uh, contribute in a uh, kind of a creative, tangible way. Yep. And I was feeling the same thing, you know, like I'm doing a lot of work right now in my life and the work is, is fine and I'm enjoying it, successful at it. But sometimes it just feels like work. And sometimes I feel like I need, I need to exercise creativity in some way. Yeah. And so I, I asked you about that. We had that conversation. I said, look, why don't we, why don't we have some fun with your podcast, come up with a new segment. And um, so I have one. We're going to, let, let, let's have a go at it. I'm ready. Right? I'm ready. Uh, okay, cool. So the name of this segment is, you're probably absolutely correct. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I like it already. <laughs> and in a world of, you know, everybody trying to be heard and everybody's right and facts don't matter. You know, it's, this isn't fake news type conversation. I can't believe I just brought that phrase up again. It felt like it was dead yeah, and okay. gone. It's okay. But, 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 but really what it, what it is, is like sometimes this idea of freedom of speech, everybody has an opinion. Everybody thinks they're right. You know, it, it's just like, it, it's taken over the airwaves. It's taken over a lot of societal like conversation and interaction to the extremes. And I thought like, why don't we do that in a less confrontational way and in a way where we can just have some fun with the topic and uh, throw it out there. And I think that, you know, the topics in and of themselves, they don't have to be political in a sense, but they, they really can be about like life and what's going on. That's right. And considering like you and I and who we are and what stage of our life we're at, they're probably just going to pertain to us and, and, you know, those people that are, are actually listening to this. So this idea of you're probably absolutely correct. It's, it's almost like, you know, you can't say anything wrong here. And I just love the idea of probably absolutely. Right. And I'll tell you where this came from. Is, is that cool? Yeah, of course. Okay. All right. So th- there's a couple things here, a couple tiny bits of backstory here, I think that are pretty cool and relevant. So <clears throat> um, first of all, 
I stole this from Lucas Nelson. And Lucas Nelson is the uh, son of Willie Nelson. Lucas Nelson has a band. It's called The Promise of the Real. And um, by the way, that's named after a Neil Young song uh, called Walk On. There's a lyric in that that says, sooner or later, it all gets real. Walk On. So nice. Lucas Nelson named his band The Promise of the Real. <clears throat> and he, was, um, he just put out a new album. It's really good. And uh, he was talking about an interview. And somebody asked him a question. They were going back and forth. And someone said, well, what do you think about this song? Is that the way you meant that lyric to be? And he's just kind of thinking about it. He's like, yeah, you know, you're probably absolutely correct. <laughs> I was like, what a great statement, right? It's like interpretation is so important to an artist, like because they put stuff out there that is interpretation of how they feel. Sometimes it could be a, a throwaway tune, or sometimes it could right. be a work of art where they really put some meaning into it, and they leave it open to interpretation uh, yes. for, from their audience. So this idea of you're probably absolutely correct just made me laugh when I heard it, and I thought that's a great that, that's a great way to have a conversation. You know, open minded. You're probably absolutely correct. You don't have to be definitive, but it's a great way to exercise your opinion or, or point of view, or just have a a good old conversation. So that was, that was what spurred this. And then I'll share this other thing for music nerds out there. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, and I am one, I know you are too. So there's a guy named Desmond child and Desmond child is a songwriter. Okay. He's not an artist. I I think he actually put out an album a long time ago, but he's really primary. He's primarily a, an artist. Okay. And I was listening to a pod, uh, excuse me, a songwriter. I was listening to a podcast uh, with him and he's written a lot of, great songs. I'll throw a couple out there. One is like, uh, uh, he's written for Aerosmith. He's written for Bon Jovi. Lots of different artists. Nice. He's the guy that wrote the songs that you probably all sing along to. Two of them, uh, one is from um, Aerosmith, Dude Looks Like a Lady. Oh, wow. And the other one is, yep, and the other one is Bon Jovi, Slippery When Wet. Okay? And he's written a lot. Go look him up. Yep. Desmond Child. And in the podcast, he was talking about two, those two songs, and he referenced something he calls the tension of the opposite. And he said, when he writes a song, he's written many number ones. When he writes a song, he usually starts with the title. And in the title, he likes to create some intrigue and some drama. And he, and he says he tries to uh, create a song title with this idea of the tension of the opposites in them. So dude looks like a lady. You Got give it. love a bad name because people people gravitate to that. There's some kind of tension happening there, right? There's some kind of drama and there's going to be some kind of resolve. And so he always tries to start all of his song titles with this idea of the tension of the opposite. So I just love those two things together. You're probably absolutely correct. Ethan, we can do no wrong. We can do no wrong with this conversation. You had me at, we are the antifungal for the world's fungus problem that is all the tension and toxicity out there. I love it. It's the yin and the yang of it awesome. all. I'm ready. It, t- it totally is. Okay. All right. So, so look, this is kind of like the, uh, the kickoff episode of this. Um, now, what's on, what's on your mind? What, what kind of topics do you feel like you're probably absolutely correct about? Okay. Let's, well, let's both throw some uh, topics out there. We'll pick one. Okay. Um, let's see. I got, I got a few written down here. I'm, just, I'm not going to go into what I'm going to say about each one, but I'm just going to throw them out yeah, there. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, I got one that's about gym memberships. Um, awesome. I've got a thought about um, a UFO sighting. I've got a thought about TV laugh tracks. 
Um, I've got a thought about uh, hummingbirds. I got a couple others, but that that's a good that's enough to start the conversation. How about yourself? What do you got? Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Okay, so um, I've got uh, I got a couple that I like. One is one is about um, like look, we're both you and I are both either uh, on one side or the other of fifty, right? Yep. And um, so you know, and you know, we went to college together. Which I think do you have a marketing degree? I do. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I have a marketing degree. We we're both interested in that kind of stuff. I remember way back when you had more schemes at college than I did. Um, <laughs> <laughs> business schemes. Um, like but, uh, um, yeah, <clears throat> but, um, you know, we're both, um, in a place where we're successful in our careers and, and down the path in our careers. One of the topics that's on my mind today, look, I'll say it, I'm, I'm 49 years old. I'll be 50 next April. Yep. Been thinking a lot about 50 and what that means from a, what do I want to do with the rest of my time? Mm. And, um, and uh, um, this is probably a heavier subject than uh, um, no, I like it. Track, but Go. I, but 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 what I what I like about this one is like I'm thinking about what do I do for the rest of my life slash career? How do I want to spend my time? What's important to me? Yes, you know, and I feel like. I feel like in a way, um, the time that I have left is extremely valuable. And I know that I want to continue working. And I know that these are great years for earning. And I've reached a, a level of status in, in my career where I'm doing well and I can continue to do well if I want to. But I also know that now the requirement of me from a time spent at work is overwhelming. And I find that it's really challenging, right? So I think. You know, this idea of what do you want to do with your time um, and how that impacts your, your day-to-day, your family, et cetera. I think yep. that's a topic for me. Um, the other topic for me is um, uh, it really – I was thinking about currently like concerts mm-hmm. right? so as a music fan. I'm really excited to go, go back and see concerts. Oh, but right now, like, I, think, I think the world is still – you know, undecided on, should I go to the concerts? Should I wear a mask at the concert? Are people going to be vaccinated there? So I thought this idea of like, what do we do with live music and how do we get back into this? I think that was a topic for me. So those are the two that are on the top of my mind. Oh, dude. Well, those are two good ones. And the first one, I think we have to start there because to me, whether it's heavy or not, I think that there's a lot of meat on that bone. So um, I would say start there. I've got some thoughts, but I want, since it's your idea, I want you to uh, kick it off. All right, I'll do that. And then I do like some of yours, gym membership and humming, uh, gym membership and lap tracks. I'd love to talk about those specifically gym memberships. I think I get I have some real point of view on that. Nice. Um, all right, let me, let me start off on my topic. Then. Okay. Um, so let me, let me paint a picture for you. So my dad died uh, in 2014, he was mm-hmm. 67 years old. Wow, okay, 67, way too soon. Like you knew my old man, right? Oh my god, good guy. Yep. Sideswiped by a, a rare um, disease, just got him. Okay? <sighs> Enough said. Yep. And um, so I think about that now. He was 67. I'm 49. If if if, if I put myself in my dad's shoes um, now, I have 18 years left to live. Good God. Yep. Right. So exactly. And so um, this idea of time has been 
you know, uh, top of mind for me since he died a few years ago. And um, uh, so I've been thinking to myself, Chief, well, what do I want to do here? Like, I'm not a fatalist. Yep. I'm not a nihilist. I'm not, I'm not a negative person. You know that. Absolutely. I'm extremely positive, and I always think with a good side. But, but what's really, what, what this has done for me is made me think, what do I do with the time that I have left? Mm-hmm. And how do I prioritize the things that are important? And I think the real challenge for me right now is around this idea of if there even, even exists, Ethan, this idea of work-life balance. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like my family situation is married for 20 years, six and a half year old daughter. Congrats, um, dude. Like awesome. I said, thank you. Yeah. Career's exciting. Happy to be a part of it. Doing well. Love the work. But it is consuming so much of my time yeah. and focus, and I find it really hard to pull away from it. And so I think the, the crux of it is for me is like, what do I, how do I continue to contribute to work in a way that it provides me a good lifestyle, it provides me money to save the future, et cetera, it provides me a way to uh, provide, well, give me a way to provide for my family. But how do I pull back on that? And, and how do I separate my time spent at work from, time that I should be prioritizing for my family and doing things that are enriching. To me, that is so challenging because one part of me, honestly, every day wants to bail. Like, you know what? I hear (laughs) you. too much. I need to go find something that is much more conducive to living a life where my priorities take priority, meaning my family, myself, my daughter, wife, et cetera. Absolutely. But also knowing that work's important right now to me. You know, it's, I don't have the luxury of not working. So I got to figure out how to do that. Yep. Like that's, that, that's, that's, that's prominent in my life right now. Yeah, no, for real. And, you know, I, as you're talking, I'm thinking about it and, and, you know, it's almost like, you know, your time and how you invest it, it can be looked in the same way as a money manager or a financial analyst would take a look at, you know, if when you're 30 years old here, here's how you plan your financial future. And what you're talking about is something that's even more valuable. And I think unspent time holds so much potential and really what it is, it's the ability to time travel because every time that you take a step towards doing something that you want to create for the future, you're making that possible. Like the future is ours to write to some extent. Like obviously there are some things we're not going to be able to change. Neither one of us are going to be able to dunk a basketball, but, but you know, we can get to a place that's closer to what we consider the, the, the end state that we want to be in to enjoy that and to have that homeostasis, to have that balance you're talking about. And it's almost like, you know, the, I believe in, you know, multiverse. I think that there are a lot of different things happening that we'll never see. And I also believe that you create your own destiny. And what you're talking about is saying, okay, let's take a pause. I'm good. I got a good family. I got a daughter. I got a wife. I got a good job. I'm successful. But these next 15, 20, 30, 40 years are going to come at me. And I can either think to myself, how do I want that time to go? And how do I take even small, tiny steps towards where I want to go and have that be closer to your reality? Or you kind of put the blinders on, like honestly, most people, including myself, usually do. You know, after I have that feeling of I want to bail too, it's just like, well, let's just keep doing this, right? And you got to pick your head up. And you got to take a look around and say, whoa, 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 where are we going? And then it's just realizing that you can consciously make decisions, both emotionally, materially, 
that bring you closer to that place you want to get to. And um, I, I mean, I, I know it to be true. And I think that you realizing it now and kind of taking stock and saying, where am I going to go and how I want to get there? That's, that is the ultimate and most important step of the whole process is being able to press the pause button and say, let's take stock of what's happening and let's see where we're going. Yeah. You know, you, you said so many, so many things there. Uh, I want to touch on a couple of them. I think, you know, one, one of the things I heard from there was perseverance. And um, I think sometimes in the face of not knowing what to do, um, the idea of perseverance, so long as it's not a um, detrimental to your health or well-being, mm-hmm. I think perseverance is correct. Like, you know, it's so, everybody has a feeling of, God, I just don't want to do this today, or God, I just want to bail on this gig, or you know, I'd rather do something else. And, and you know, you have to persevere in the, in the face of not having a, a clear next step or, or, or a true idea of the outcome that you're trying to get to. This idea of you know just persevering until you do, buying yourself time until you sort out exactly what what is the quote unquote right path for you, I think is really important. So I think you're spot on there, or at least you're probably absolutely correct. But um, <laughs> the uh, the the other thing that you said was you just threw a couple kind of wild concepts out there. You know, this idea, you, you just mentioned you believe in the multiverse, but you also believe in choosing your own destiny. Yes. Almost like two contradictory like wild hair, <laughs> uh, you know, thoughts, right? Because, you know, if there's such a thing as a multiverse, meaning there's lots of things that we don't know um, and that you can choose your own destiny, you know, I think in a wild way, there's some really cool <clears throat> thinking there because so, the way yeah, I interpreted that. Yeah, please go. Okay, good. All right, I'll, I'll tell you why I interpreted it. Yep. And again, and you tell me if I'm. Probably okay. absolutely correct. <laughs> but, um, the way, I, the way I hear about that is, look, there are just things that we don't know. Like, I am not a religious person, okay? I don't believe in a God. I don't think there is one. I don't know if there's any, but I don't believe in one. I choose not to put my faith in an unknown, in a sense. I believe faith is an important thing, but I choose to put my faith, I choose to put my faith in myself. Because, uh, quite honestly, I mean, I don't know anything else to be true except for me. That's okay? right. That's right. So, and not to say not to not to say that I can replace the idea of a God, but I think if, if anything, I need to put faith in myself, yes. and I need to put belief in myself. So there are so many unknowns. I have no idea who is tending to the light at the end of the tunnel, etc. Right. So right. at the same time, though, you're in control of your own destiny, and you kind of set it. Like in a given moment, on a given day, at any given time. Your ability to make a decision, yes, and your ability to make a decision that aligns with like your values, who you are as a person, how what you do impacts others, um, what you are trying to achieve, like that to me, in a nutshell, is what it means to to control your own destiny. Meaning, like at any given moment, you can decide that you are not going to walk across the street because the light doesn't say to do so. Yes. So maybe you don't get hit by a car. And you're going to decide that killing people is not a good idea, right? Or you could do the, the, the inverse of both of those things because you have a different mindset. But just the idea that controlling your own destiny doesn't mean that you are in control of what happens to you in the end. But you can be in control of like the decisions that you make at a given time. If, there's pre, if it's predestined that every decision is already made for you, then we're just fucked in a sense. Well, but if right. the idea like... 
right? It's the idea that you can actually make a difference based on the micro decisions that you make every day yes. and the big life choices that you make. I think that's really valid. Yeah. And I think that that's what I heard you say. Is that close? Yeah, no, it's very close. And I'll, I'll say two things. I'll clarify what I meant by the multiverse and then also choose your own destiny. So one thing I'd like that you just said, you know, at the end of the day, no matter what you believe in, if you do good things, if you try to do the right thing and be good to people and be good to yourself, you know, if you do that all the time, more often than not, good things will eventually end up happening. I think that that's, that's true. And what I, I'll give you an example of the multiverse and, and, and you kind of choose your own destiny and you kind of touched on it a little bit. And I think that they can be on the same plane. So I could, you know, when we're done with this podcast, I could, you know, we can hang up, I can record it, I can put it out there and then I can either go up to bed and get ready to, you know, wake up for the gym tomorrow at five o'clock. Or if I wanted to, <clears throat> I could drive down to a bar downtown. I could have way too many drinks. I could go to another bar and I could get Dewey. I could crash my car and either one of those possibilities exists. And so therefore, and I know this is a little bit trippy, but I believe that there are both of those realities and, and infinitely more of what is out there and somewhere out there in who knows where, the metaphysical land, there's a version of Ethan that's going to fuck up tonight and go do something stupid. And so it's just like you said, those micro decisions, like right now, what am I doing? Right now, what am I doing? And each of those things, you are laying the brick for, for what you're going to walk on tomorrow and what you're going to walk on the next day and really what you're going to walk on for months and years to come. So I, I think we're... I think we're both in agreement. We're probably absolutely saying the same thing. <laughs> Listen, I, I, there's so much that you just said there that I'm, I, I, I totally grok to, whether it means anything or not, but I totally get what you're saying, like if it's real enough. You, you basically just, uh, you know, for anybody that hasn't seen it, you laid out, you know, Sliding Doors, that movie with Gwyneth Paltrow, whoever else was in it. Gwyneth Paltrow? Um, wasn't she in that movie? I don't Sliding I, Doors? I've never seen that movie. When was that? Okay, well, well it, it's, I'm going to get it all wrong. I only remember the concept of it. I don't remember if I saw it, when I saw it. Okay. But it was, yeah, at one point in the movie, somebody is about to step through the doors of a subway, all right. a car, and then they don't. And the whole crux of it is <laughs> what happened because they didn't and what happened if they did. And yes. the movie is like two, I think I have this right, two parallel, two parallel universes. It, it's basically what you just said, I right? Gotcha. The sliding door concept. Gotcha. So, um, but, I, you know, in some way, Ethan, what you're saying is so sci-fi, off-the-chart, Marvel <laughs> Universe, multiverse bullshit. But on the other hand, and this is, ex this is almost – we've stumbled into this, but it's almost exactly what this concept is about because it, it, you, 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 you might be probably absolutely correct in this because we don't know. And, and I love the idea of not, not – discounting something because we don't know. Yes. Amen. Okay. Yep. And, and, and that is not a political statement. There's so much of that happening right now, but like you can't discount that in a way because you don't know. And I think that if you have a personal belief that that could be what's happening and not in a, you're a Charlie Manson alternate universe. And you know, you think killing people is right kind of thing, but like just in a way that makes you say what I am doing, the decisions I make matter. And I want to be cognizant of this in the moment. I think that's extremely important. Yes. And I think that that's the kind of thing that kind of, and this is the other point that I wanted to make. 
at the end of your comment just a few minutes ago, what you re- what you were kind of saying was just total self-awareness. Like, do you have enough self-awareness that you understand the value of the decisions you're making relative to who you are, who you want to be, who you impact? Yes. And I think, I think that is so important. And like, especially as, as I get older and, and um, I think about this quite often because I think like the things that I have this belief that the person that I am, you know, well, let's put it this way. Who I am is a reflection of choices and decisions that I make. Mm-hmm. And I think that the only thing as people that we truly own, you can say you own a house, you can say you own a car, but the only things we truly own yep. are the choices and the decisions that we make. Okay. So true. Because it's like, we don't think about it enough, but there, you know, if, if every one of your choices or decisions that you made was worth $1 million, you put more time into it on a day-to-day basis, hmm. right? The stakes would be higher. But the stakes are really even higher than that because the worth of your choice and decisions is not a monetary value. Mm. It's a life value, right? And so like that's, you know, to kind of take this back a little bit to the top start of the conversation, that's what I'm thinking about right now. Like, how do I want to choose to spend my time over the next X years? And what decisions do I need to make in order to live into those choices? Right? And sometimes I think choices may be valued, but nonetheless, it's a little too narrow, uh, too micro. But no, no, I, like I think that. that stuff to me, that stuff to me is just like resonating right now. And I'll take it back to what I said about time before as well. And I'm going to throw in a music reference because I love doing it. Um, Booker T. Jones mm-hmm. is a very famous musician. He's the Booker T. and Booker T. and the MGs. Booker okay. T. and the MGs was a, you know. A soul, a soul group out of Memphis in the in the '60s, and you probably tapped a toe to many of those songs. That's mm-hmm. many of the songs they've created. And Booker T, I've seen him many times live. He just wrote a book about two years ago, and it was called uh, "Time Is Tight." And they have a song called "Time Is Tight." Booker T and MGs, I love it. It's an instrumental. It's one mm-hmm. of my favorite songs. And um, the um, Time is tight in his autobiography that he wrote. And I had a chance to speak with him after a concert a couple years ago about this. Um, he, he was telling the story. He brought a new concept album to his record label owner. And he said, hey, I think the time is right to put this out. And it was a little bit political. It was right after Martin Luther King got killed. He got shot in Memphis and mm. changed Memphis. And that's where, that's where Stax Records was, home of Booker T and the MGs. Okay. And the label owner basically said to him, hey, I don't think the time is, it's, this isn't the right time for this kind of album. And at that point, Booker T had been um, very loyal to this label. It's where he kind of steep, all this good stuff. And he said he left the, old, the, the label owner's house at that point. And he walked out his back door and he stood there in the moonlight holding the reel-to-reel tape, right? And he said to himself, time is open, yet time is tight. Mm. And I knew it was time to move on. They packed up all those things and he moved to California, right? From Tennessee. Jesus. And yeah, and this, this idea, this phrase of time is open, yet time is tight. Yeah. And this is how I feel on a day-to-day basis. My time is open, meaning I could live to 112 or whatever it may be. My time is open, but time is tight. Yep. And 
how do you spend your time? Because in a infinite amount of time that we may have left, you could say it's not infinite based on life expectancy of humans. Sure. But I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to pass, right? Or right. move on to whatever's next. So it's open, but time is tight because I'm a healthy 49 year old guy. I could get stricken by cancer or something else out of the blue, like my old man did, right? Mm. Or I, I might not. What do I do with that time? Yeah. And I think that is, as a 49 year old man, who's lived a, a very experiential life, done, a, done some great things, have a woman that I've been married to for 20 years, known for 22, who I still absolutely adore, have a six-and-a-half-year-old daughter. I just think, what do I want to do with my time and how do I continue to work to make sure I create great experiences and, 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 and great things for my family, but at the right. same time knowing that some of that is sucking the life out of what I really want to do with my time for my family. As Bob Marley once said, the Babylon system is the vampire. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for pulling me out of that rabbit hole. Yeah, no, but I, dude, everything you just said, uh, I'm going to go even further and say you are absolutely correct. I mean, is if you think about it, what, what commodity is it that, that has more value than your time? There isn't one. There just isn't yeah. one. And the time yeah. with your family and the time with your daughter and um, you know, it's like hindsight's always twenty twenty, and we kind of forget that we always have the ability to look back, even though we're here now, right? Yeah, um, yeah, I dig it. That's yeah, it. totally. That's totally. All, and, and here's the thing. Here's what I would say: that topic is a topic that we started with, but there's no reason why we couldn't talk about that in the future in another episode, maybe the next one, because there's so much depth to it, and there's so many different ways to break it apart and to examine it. And to really explore what all of that means uh, that I think you could, you could do hours and hours on that topic. It's really, it's really deep. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think that, you know, there's a lot of people, maybe some people listening to this right now that, that feel that way. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's one of those life questions that you ask. I don't think it's a midlife crisis at all. I'm not buying a red Corvette convertible. I don't have a long ponytail, <laughs> um, but, and, uh, and, and, um, but uh, you know what I mean? It's like, it's like people are asking those questions now. And uh, I think it's, you know, a really important topic, you know, because um, your, your kind of quote unquote life depends on it, you know, whatever time you have left. So, yeah. hey, look, we, we could talk forever on that. I feel well, like we, we, but do you want to switch to something a little bit more light? Well, here's like what I would say. <laughs> or, or hummingbirds or laugh tracks. So here's what I would say, though. That's going to be an anchor. I'm going to call that an anchor topic. That's a topic that. Okay we could keep coming back to because not only do a lot of people our age, is it, there's something that they're thinking about, but it's something that they're probably afraid to verbalize. You know what I mean? Because yeah, yeah, it, totally. It, totally. It, Cause it puts you out there in a place that's, you know, you don't really, how are people going to react to that? Like, it, it, do you even want to face it yourself? Like it's kind of a daunting, you know, realization when you realize, holy shit, like I really am in control and I have the ability to choose, <laughs> you know, it's like, that's the oh, ultimate oh, responsibility. God. You know what I mean? Listen, you've just nailed ex existentialism in, in, in like a short couple sentences. And I think like I'm a, if I subscribe to any kind of philosophy, it would be existentialism and, and even, you know, without going too far down, you know, that path, what you just said is, is, a, is very important because 
the idea that if you think that your choices and decisions define who you are and everything that you do and um, can help you guide your life in a sense, then the idea that you are responsible for every one of your choices and decisions is a fucking heavy load. It's heavy. Because that means that, you know, the way you interact with people, the way you spend your money, how you choose to spend your time, the goods and the bads, all these decisions, big, small decisions, right? You know, like it's so important um, that you realize the weight of them when you think of that you are responsible for every one of them. And I think that's a that's a big part of the uh, of, a, uh, of the existential philosophy is that you know you you are responsible for your choices and decisions, and if you choose to be responsible, good or bad, then you can achieve some kind of personal freedom. You know, and um, I think what you said is really important. That's like because being exposed, holy fuck, extremely vulnerable, right? Trying to really be accountable for all your choices and decisions, there's no escaping from that. And actually saying it out loud, like even in this forum, you and I, holy shit, you're just putting yourself on display in a sense. Because once you admit it and you say it out loud, you're like, fuck, there's no turning back. I know it to be true. <laughs> it's really right. fucking, it's, it's a heavy, heavy deal. Yeah. No, it's, it'll, it'll get you thinking if you're not careful. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, awesome. So yeah. we're going to come back right. to that one. I like that a lot. Um, perfect okay. way to start it off. And and I know that we talked about laugh tracks and gym membership. I, I'm going to, I'm going to go a slightly different direction and okay. I'm going to, I'm going to start with a disclaimer. And my disclaimer is that I, uh, I'm not trying to start a fight with anybody out there. So if you hear this and you disagree, that's okay. Um, but I'm pretty much convinced um, that hummingbirds are the absolute best pets that you could ever have. <laughs> better than dogs, better than cats, way better than guinea pigs and gerbils and all that bullshit. Uh, and I'm going to tell you I'm, why. I'm going to tell you why. Okay, I want to hear why. Okay. So when I moved into, I got a new place a year ago, and when I moved in, I've always wanted to have a hummingbird feeder. I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to buy a hummingbird feeder. So I did. I mixed up the sugar and the water. And for those of you out there that are putting the red dyed shit in the hummingbird feeder, don't do it. It fucks up the hummingbirds. It kills them. So just sugar and water, four cups of water, one cup sugar, and they're going to keep coming back. So I bought it, and right away, these hummingbirds started coming to my door, and they started you know, taking little sips and, and I learned about how they do their nests. And then I started thinking like, these are the best pets. Like a, I never have to buy them food aside from sugar, which is a staple in every single house. Right. So never have to buy food. I never have to take the thing for a walk. It comes by and says, hi, I don't have to pick up its shit. Right. It's not shitting all over the neighbor's yard. Um, I don't have to take it to the vet. Uh, when I go away on vacation, I don't have to worry about getting it boarded. Um, I don't have to name it. If I want to name it, I can, but I don't have to. I don't have to get it registered. I don't have to worry about it getting run over by a car. It might die. Maybe some owl or some fucking other forest creature eats it, but I'll never know. It's not going to break my heart. There'll be another one right behind it sucking on the sugar water. Um, I get enjoyment out of them. They come by. They make these little cute little noises when they're eating. Uh, you know, my girlfriend and I will be outside enjoying an adult beverage and here come a couple of hummingbirds and it gives me pleasure. And if you think about like what are pets supposed to do, they're supposed to, you know, have some companionship and they're supposed to give you pleasure. But at the end of the day, they're also 
they're a chore. If you own a cat, by the way, and if anybody owns a cat, including you, Judd, I am so sorry to say this, but people that own cats are crazy. And my daughter owns a cat. And here's the reason why. Any animal that you own where you know the the stated and hoped for objective is for them to take a shit and a piss in your house. If you know that's what you're getting into, then you are absolutely out of your mind because there shouldn't be an animal shitting and pissing in your house by design. That's not okay. With a dog, at least you can take it outside. It can go to the bathroom outside. Hummingbirds, they do their own business. You probably wouldn't even be able to tell if they took a shit. They're just drinking sugar water all day. They have these amazing nests. They've got this migratory pattern that's off the charts. They come up from fucking South Carolina every year. They come back to the same spots. And I'm here to say that there is no better pet than the hummingbird. Holy shit. I have to, okay. Wow. Let me ask you this question. Mm-hmm. Two questions. One is, does your, does your hummingbird live inside your house? Oh, no. Nope. Okay. See, that's the best thing. I don't, and that's the, I'm so glad you asked that question because every other animal, mice, gerbils, fucking parakeets, parrots, any bird you can find at the stupid pet store, those animals have all been domesticated. What does that mean? They've been brought into slavery. Those animals are not supposed to be in a house. Dogs aren't supposed to be in a house. Cats are not supposed to be in a house. Definitely not mice. Mice are supposed to be eaten by cats outside in the wilderness. I have allowed my pets to stay in their natural habitat, to remain true to nature and all that is good in nature, and I haven't disrupted the life balance that is on this planet. And so there's another reason why hummingbirds are the best pets. Okay. So, okay, thank you for clarifying that because my next question was going to be, if you said yes, well, it's going to be like, do you think the fucking hummingbird wants to be your pet? Ah. But, but um, Okay, but it's not your house. So I, I, I honestly, Ethan, I, I don't know about this. I think what you're confusing, I think you're confusing pet with acquaintance mm. because it doesn't sound like that a pet is something that you actually like. I was going to tell you, hey, if you have a hermit crab, uh, is basically has the same characteristics as a pet as a hummingbird because yeah. everything you said could hold true to the uh, hermit crab. But a hermit mm. crab is something that actually would live in your tank in your house. Your fucking hummingbird is an acquaintance. It's a neighbor. It drops by every now and then. Yep. Uh, it comes over for a bite to eat. Yep. And maybe have a drink. You socialize. And then it goes off and does its own thing. That's right. It's an acquaintance. It's not a pet. Uh, okay. Well, first on the uh, hermit now, crab. No, I, the, I'm not going to argue wait, that it's point. The same. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you, you, you've you got some truth there. So I'm going to give that to you. It, 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 I would have to say that. If I had to pick is an acquaintance or a pet, I guess I would have to say an acquaintance. However, going back to hermit crab, I've owned a hermit crab. When I was eight years old, I had one. Those motherfucking things stink. They shit all yeah, over the place. Yeah, my sister had one. Oh, it's horrible. Terrible. And then they end, up, they end up crawling out of their shell looking for a different shell, and they they wither up if you don't. I, so anyways, the, the other thing. Or your having, dad steps on it when, when you're not looking. <laughs> That's what happened to ours. <laughs> Well, you know what? That's a better way to go than down the toilet. Um, so, so let me okay. Let me ask yeah, you a question. Please, is it the same? Okay, that's more clarification. Okay, is the same hummingbird coming back every time? And if so, how do you know? Okay, excellent question. So, um, I'm pretty sure because the thing fucking looks at me like, thanks, dude. 
I appreciate it. You keep doing the water and the sugar just right. Here I am. And uh, no, so in, in all sincerity, I don't know if it's the same hummingbird. They look the same. It's the ruby-throated hummingbird, uh, both male and female. They do seem to have a nest right in the back of my house, uh, up a tree. Um, is it the same? Ah, who knows? But it, th- that's kind of the beauty of it is that they're so at one with nature and they're so interchangeable that it could be or it might not be. Um, yeah. and this, is never... a, this is an acquaintance. This is an acquaintance, not okay. a pet. This is somebody you meet at the bar on Thursdays. Uh, this is somebody that drops by your house. Uh, yeah. Okay. yeah. Okay. I, 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 I think it's an acquaintance. Look, I have to chalk it up to acquaintance. I, I'm going I'm to say And by that, the way. Yes. Go ahead. I don't own a cat. And, and I'm not okay. a cat person. Oh, thank you. I was so worried about saying we'll that. that. Yeah, and Amelia, I know you're listening. I'm so sorry, but you're crazy, just like all the other cat owners. Amelia's my daughter. <clears throat> Cats. That That's another topic for another show. They're the worst pets. And if they were 30% larger, they would kill every single one of their owners. If you own a cat and you don't think that cat wants to kill you, you're nuts. Because that cat is a predator <laughs> that has been dumbed down to be the size that it's not supposed to be. And if it were the size of a lynx, or a bobcat, or a mountain lion, it would instantly shred every one of you. <laughs> that <laughs> might be true. <laughs> yeah, you're, yes. I'm probably yeah, absolutely, probably absolutely correct. Absolutely. All right, let's let's do one more. Okay. Okay. Now that we've, let, let, I, I'd like to hear your thoughts on gym membership because I, I certainly have a lot of. Uh, okay. Uh, All right. Fair enough. That's that's a good one. So, my my ultimate premise on gym memberships is that ninety percent of them are purchased solely so that the person that purchases them can talk about how they have a gym membership. They can put it on their key as a little fob so it shows like they have a gym membership. They don't really use the gym membership. They don't really go to the gym. Most people, 90% studies show, 90% of gym memberships are purchased not to use them but to give a status symbol like I go to the gym, I have a gym membership. Even for people that clearly don't go to the gym, and you can tell, right? You can see somebody and you can say, well, that person doesn't go to the gym. They're going to talk about how they go to Planet Fitness, how they go to all these other gyms. The truth is most people just throw money away so that they can feel kind of good about themselves because they've got part of the equation down, right? To go to the gym and get fit, you have to have a membership. So by getting a membership and saying, I've got a membership, you're kind of halfway there, but it's the least important half. The other half matters more, and that's going to the gym. And um, 10% of the people do, and 90% don't. Now, okay, this is this just, we can go so many ways with this. First of all, I want to say to you that sometimes if you look at somebody that has a key fob and they don't appear to go to the gym, they may be at the start of their gym experience okay, trying to be fair. somebody that looks that's like they go to the gym. Okay. Yep. Let's throw a bone out to all the people that are really fucking. Oh, they would like a bone with plenty of pork meat on there or some kind of other meat. They'd they'd love it. (laughs) Okay. Perfect. I mean, at the, instead of getting the milkshake at the bar, you can get a turkey leg. Uh, So, okay. I I hear you on this and I, I absolutely agree. I think some people get a membership because they have the best intentions in January Mm -hmm. falls away. Okay. Some people like to get the membership because, they like to be seen and they're going there to be seen, whether they okay. should be seen or not. They like to go to be seen because it's a place to um, meet somebody else. Okay. And, so, and, so, and it's a way to, to have your ego stroked in public. Okay. Yep. Some people go because they are maniacal about being at the gym 
and they need to do it uh, because it's part of who they are, but they also want you to know that they're awesome. Yep. Um, and, uh, um, and I think that, uh, you know, some people do go to the gym entirely just to have a membership and go hang out there uh, to be part of a scene. That's true. And they don't really do anything. Okay. So I think gym memberships, serve multiple purposes for multiple people. There's probably a, the smallest slice of the pie is for the people that just want to exercise. Well, um, listen, do you have a gym member? Do you have a gym membership? I do. I, I do have a gym membership. I actually use it. I'm not trying to, you know, brag or whatever, but yes, I go every day. Okay. <clears throat> but I want to say I, something. Okay. Go ahead. And yeah, I, yeah. I want to, no, you go ahead. You go ahead. All right. Well, all I was going to say was that the, the be seen part, um, there was, I, I belong to a gym. It's in Summersworth, New Hampshire. It was called the works is going back 15 years expensive. Like it was like 165 bucks a month. They had everything, but it was freaking expensive. Ooh, right. So there was this guy that was always in there. He was probably at the time, you know, just about 60 and his name was Carl. And I used to call him coffee cup, Carl, because he had a brand new leather weight belt. Remember those old school eighties weight belts that, they never broke in. They were just so hard. And he had one of those yeah. and he'd come in with a coffee cup and he would sit on the fucking bench and all he would do is drink his coffee and talk to people. He would not do any weightlifting. So he was coffee cup, Carl. So I think that I'm going to change my answer and change my premise to what you said, which is 90% fall into one of those categories, because I think you've done a better job slicing the demographic of people that go to the gym and why they go. It's not just to have on a key fob and to say it. It's all those other reasons. So I, I think you're, I think you've expanded the concept and defined it. <laughs> I, as a, uh, uh, as somebody who has been going to the gym or working out almost every day, constantly since I was in high school, yep. um, I don't own a gym membership anymore. Oh. And, uh, yeah, some of that changed because of COVID because we couldn't go. Right. But even prior to that, I changed all my workouts to be at home. Okay. Yep. And I like going to the gym. It's part of my process. But now I'm going to bring this all back home. All right. Ethan? I love it. I love it. Um, this is this is this is the callback. Right. One of the reasons why I don't have a gym membership anymore is because of time. It takes too mm. much time for me to go to the gym and spend an hour there. Okay. Now this is based on my my scenario of living. Right. Um. And every time, and I like to go to the gym, I like to go every day. Okay? It makes me feel good. It's part of who I am. It's part of my habit, my identity. Yep. I feel great, right? Healthy body, healthy mind kind of attitude. So I want to go. But what, what happens is during the waking hours, the normal waking hours of the rest of my family, I can't go at 7 a.m. I can't go at 8, can't go at 2 in the afternoon. I got to work. I got to be a dad. I got to be a husband. Mm-hmm. Um, I got things to do. The only times I can go are very early in the morning. Yep. And I used to wake up at like 4.30 in the morning, go to the gym and be home by the time anybody else got up. So then it was selfless in the sense that I was prioritizing them by going at a time that was inconvenient for me. I got sick of fucking doing that. Yeah. And then I just said, fuck it. I'm going to buy some weights at home, got a Peloton, going to do my thing at home. And I changed my lifestyle so that my fitness level was where I wanted to be all the time. Mm-hmm. And then my workouts just maintained my fitness level. So now I don't go to the gym. I don't spend money on a gym membership. I'm not part of all that bullshit. Mm-hmm. And I get to work out at home early in the morning before any, anybody else wakes up and I don't have to go anywhere. Mm. So 
you know, that's, that's, uh, uh, that, that and, and I'm somebody that always had a gym membership and I've lived like, you know, I've lived around the world in a lot of places. Right. I know a lot of gyms. I've been up, I could, I could remember every gym I've ever gone to. <laughs> so, uh, I don't even worry about that anymore. So sometimes gym membership are just there because people just want to be social. Yeah. People just want yeah. to be social. Sometimes you're single. Sometimes you're, you know, you're whatever. You're looking for companionship. You want to be around like-minded people. It's more of a social scene, I think, than anything. You don't actually need a gym to be fit. Mm. You definitely don't. That's definitely true. And I think that what you just pointed out with the timing of everything, that's everybody's personal situation is going to be different on how they can do it. And, you know, when you said you've been all around the world and you've had gym memberships, I'm trying to picture the gym membership in London. And I'm picturing just people, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm what, what, Were there gyms in London? Do you belong to a gym in London? There was. And, and uh, yeah, absolutely. One right down the street from me. Um, the, the cool thing about it was they had some weights on one side. They had um, – uh, 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 some treadmills and cardio stuff. And then they had a tea room and uh, the tea room. <laughs> no, That's no, what I was going to say. Oh, okay. They didn't have a tea no, room. No. Shit. Shit. No, no. Shit's the same everywhere around the world, man. Yeah. It's, it's the same thing, different place. Just it's the same fucking thing, different place. Yeah. It's just whatever the local customs are. Well, Judd, I got to tell you, this is a very good addition to the No Outlet podcast. I think that your concept is a great one. I think that we have uh, many more things to figure out. We're going to figure out all of the world's problems. We're going to straighten it all out for everybody. And uh, I'm looking forward to doing this on a somewhat regular basis. And I really appreciate you coming to the table and saying, hey, here's an idea. And I want to do it because, again, there's a you're taking action. Right, you took action. You want to do something creative, and now you're doing it. Totally, and I think it worked out totally. great. Well, look, I love that no outlet is actually an outlet, and uh, and and I think that's the way you operate, man. So, anytime I get to spend time with you talking about you know ideas and just just having a good chat, man, fucking time well spent. Absolutely, I totally agree. And you should see the the, the audience that we've got here assembled for this. <laughs> I'm sure they're on their feet. They are on their feet. They are all like taking out their planners like, holy shit, I've got to, I've got to get a gym membership. I've got to cancel it. i got to get a fucking pet. i got to figure out what I'm doing with my life. It's, uh, it's, it's a lot of – we've shaken up a lot of people out there. So uh, thank you to Judd. Uh, I really appreciate it, and I hope to see you uh, or hear from you soon. All right. We'll do it again, buddy. All right, man. Later. Take care.